yeah, that nose wheel. I've I've flown with guys in these little jets, Mike, and I mean, you probably have too. That uh, you're right. As soon as those mains are on, and it, usually it happens after a greaser. You know that nice landing. You can't even tell if you're still flying or not, and then they just relax pressure on the yoke and bam on the nose where i'm like oh my god you just broke something i swear <laughs> i hear a noise right now i never heard before something's rattling you know <laughs> right totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. hello welcome to the pro pilot playbook i'm mike martin and i'm sean ritchie yeah, and we're here today weekly to give you the tips, tricks, and hacks to become pilots faster and cheaper. And today we've got kind of a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, a couple we're already uh, starting off fun, Mike, because behind you is a cat floating by on the TV behind. Oh yeah, that's my uh, uh, screen <laughs> Roku screensaver. <laughs> yeah, I get lots of comments about what's on my TV, so I'm trying to change it up a little bit. But. Uh, gotcha. But yeah, yeah, we uh, there's been a couple big news stories in the last few days about these hard landings uh, or alleged hard landings uh, with the two biggest, well, not the biggest, two very uh, major, major airlines uh, being Delta and United. Uh, so have you read those, Sean? I have. I have. And <laughs> one of them, absolutely, 100 uh, percent. That That's just that was a that was a screw up by the guy at the at the helm of that thing. There's no two ways to present that information any other way than uh, somebody messed up the Delta one. Yeah, we could talk about it, but um, passengers are reporting. It was a hard landing that most likely caused it. Um, but of course, you know, passengers don't always know what they're talking about. I remember watching a news story. This was like 20 years ago. There was an airplane that ran off the runway and you know how the news shows up on the scene and they want to interview all the passengers. Right. And it's just, there's this good old boy on there talking. He's like, yeah, I knew we were in the mud. Cause I saw them tires spinning and shooting up <laughs> mud. And I'm like, Oh my God, somebody put this guy on the news as a joke. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. <laughs> so, yeah, let's start with the United one. Yeah, let me pull that up. So do we know what airport that was at? Uh, the United was in uh, Houston. I'm not oh, sure man. which Houston airport, but it was in Houston. Yeah, and, and the airplanes totaled, right? Isn't that what they're saying? Yeah, yeah so that the fuselage got crinkled on that and that was you know one of united's older seven six or whatever actually it could have been one of the seven six three hundred that could have been one of the ones uh the airplane that i flew to hawaii actually even right um you know those things are 20 30 years old and uh with damage like this even if it was a new airplane i mean that thing's uh that thing's done uh, that yeah I, I seriously doubt that airplane will ever fly again yeah 193 passengers on board and 11 crew it was a 767 er uh it was it it, it it the damage included wrinkling and tearing of the fuselage so you know anybody that's uh started their flight training and started learning to land i mean we've all had hard landings everybody's done it so I guess this is reassuring that it does happen in the big leagues too. Right. Um, any anything can go wrong, and of course, we don't have all the information at all. I mean, we just have these stupid internet 
uh, news reports. So we don't know, you know, what could have went on. Maybe, you know, something medically happened or something mechanically happened to the plane. It may not be the pilot's sure. fault, but uh, so we don't want to, you know, jump to conclusions, but um, it's not looking good for United. I mean, uh, it looks like the wind was reported at three knots. Right. Uh, that's like barely a stiff breeze. I mean, really, right. um, now a lot of times, yep. you know, a lot of these landing accidents happen when it's super windy, you get really high winds, maybe a crosswind, you gotta, you know, dip the wing down to land and all of that. And it can, can be very tricky. Um, also when the winds are really high, you get a lot of pockets of turbulence and, and, uh, you can get, uh, fluctuations in airspeed because it's very critical. You hold in. Uh, you know, reference airspeed on the way in, and that could be difficult if it's windy. But man, three knots, Sean. That's that's yeah. not a lot. That's there's there's pictures of this airplane on the internet. You can Google. Maybe I'll put some links in the description here below yeah. if you're watching on YouTube. But where the where the creasing and the crinkling of the fuselage happened, uh, when I first looked at it, my immediate thing was uh somebody landed this thing on the nose wheel or it took a hard strike to the nose wheel. And that was, it's interesting. You just mentioned the wind being so low. Uh, now I got question marks in my head because this typically happens when you're fighting a crosswind coming in, you know, your angle attack is up and you'll, you'll touch down on one of the mains usually first, but in a high crosswind, you may not be able to get that other main. I've seen video of this happening on big passenger airliners, of you'll get a bounce on one of those, all that force going on one of those main wheel struts bounces the airplane. And if it bounces, if the winds and, you know, you know, you get a little hiccup in that constant steady crosswind. Right. Now that, now that nose is headed towards the ground and you have the full force of that aircraft hitting on that nose wheel, which is mm. not made to take that much force. No. Uh, and then you could even get a bounce back to the mains and then a bounce back to the nose again. Right. That's well, where crinkling of the fuselage like this takes place. And that I guarantee that's what happened in some form or fashion. Uh, that yeah. nose wheel struck that pavement way harder than it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were talking off camera, you know, you see this a lot of times with new pilots too. They'll, uh, uh, you know, they touch down really smooth on the mains and then, mm. and then they're like, Oh, that was a perfect landing. And then they just kind of shut down and then they allow the nose wheel to smack onto the oh, yeah. pavement. And, uh, you know, you can really, the, the mains are what's designed to take that blunt. You know, right. the nose is not designed to, to, to your point, take that really heavy. Right. Yeah. From, weight. from a little Cessna to, to the, to the business jets we fly to these, to a 787 uh right you know yeah the mains are are what touches first and unless you're in a tail dragger but um then you want that three-point landing you know all three right. of them on the ground right but yeah that nose wheel i've i've flown with guys in these little jets mike and I, you probably have too that uh you're right as soon as those mains are on and it, usually it happens after a greaser you know that nice landing you can't even tell if you're still flying or not and then they just relax pressure on the yoke and bam on the nose. I'm like, Oh my God, you just broke something. I swear. <laughs> I hear a noise right now. I never heard before. Something's rattling, you know? <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. 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 And you know, we're not trying to um, throw stones. I mean, cause 90% of all 
aviation accidents or maybe even more are pilot error. I mean, it's always the pilot's fault. They sure. blame in the man in the system set up that way. So they don't sue the manufacturer <laughs> and all that really, but yeah, this definitely, you know, it could have been technique. Uh, there are some rumors and these are just rumors, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I, I don't want to state my sources, but what's the wall street journal say, uh, according to people familiar with the matter, <laughs> um, right. this may have been a training flight. Um, um, and, uh, actually it may have been, uh, uh, Czech airmen actually controlling the plane. I don't know if that's true. There's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, chatter on the internet and everything, um, saying that, um, so you got a lot going on. I mean, um, I'm sure Sean's done some training in jets when you, you know, you fly the simulator and you get 90% there, but somebody has to check you out in the plane sure. and, uh, it's stressful for both the 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 new hire and uh, the guy doing the training, you know, doing it. Uh, um, and you know, they pick some very expensive or very expensive, very uh, experienced guys typically to to train new hires. Um, and you know, they don't. I, correct me if I'm wrong. You would know more, Sean. But if if you're being trained as a airline pilot. Um, your first landings are with passengers and board. The first time you've ever landed an airliner is with passengers, right? They don't fly Absolutely. it empty for training, right? Yeah. Absolutely. As soon as you're released onto a line or reserve, actually, before you even make it to reserve, you'll get a line with uh it's called IOE, initial operating experience. And you'll fly, you'll fly a I think for me it was a couple weeks. It was probably like two weeks of three or four day trips with this same captain. It's a special captain. He's a training captain and um, you'll fly most of the legs, maybe not the first couple, um, but you will fly the airplane. And the first time you ever fly that airplane, you got a, a load of people behind you. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm sure you remember that crystal clear, right? Your first time flying an airliner. Like oh yeah. That. It was, it was a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how was your landing? That's that's the stuff dreams are made of. I mean, you know, you finally made it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't remember the landing, but... Um, did you, did was, you damage the fuselage at all? No, no, there was no damage. I know that much. But uh, this was in this was in one of those regional jets, Canada Air Regional Jet, CRJ. And, uh, I mean, those things are, to be honest with you, those are... a. a a piece of cake to land smoothly. Uh, I mean, they got the trailing link gear and it's, yeah. it's not like some of the business jets we fly. Like, uh, you know, if you're not good at what you do, it's going to come out in the landing. Um, it, those things can mask a lot of bad landings. Yeah. The trailing link. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Describe what that is. Uh, basically it's a contraption. It would be nice uh, through this on me. I may have actually been able to get a picture here, but basically instead of just having a strut with a, a wheel on the bottom of it, you know, and when you come down and land, it takes the force, you know, straight up. Now right. you have a strut with, here's the airplane up here, by the way. And, and now you have a second arm on the strut and the wheel is back here. So as you come into land you get double flex. You get the flex of this arm moving as it strikes the pavement and this arm also moves. So it's almost like this big spring uh, that absorbs even more of the impact of the landing. Yeah. And it's really nice. So, yeah, I know uh, when I transitioned to a jet with trailing link, you're like, 
uh, oh my god, I'm gonna smack, smack, and then it's like, ooh, nice gentle touch. And you're like, oh, yeah. I like this plane. This makes me <laughs> yes. look really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and 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 you know, the speed that you're on the approach matters a great deal. If you're fast and you try and force it on, you can get a hard landing or a float. Or if you're slow below ref. Um, like I think in uh, uh, maybe in that San Francisco thing, I know they were way below ref in that crash a long time ago, but um, it, the airplane won't really flare. It'll kind of just smack into the runway. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of factors going on with landing. It's the hardest part. You got all the wind uh, it depends on in the la- the plane doesn't land uh, the same way every time because the weight's always different on the plane, you yeah. know, especially on these big airliners, you know, um, yeah, you got different environmental conditions. I mean, it's crazy. Right. It, it, that's, that's another, that's a good thing. You know, as a, if you're somebody just getting in a- aviation and you've just experienced landings on an airliner, you know, there are days where I hate to say this because I don't know, I might take this back, but there are days where the smooth landing doesn't exist, especially in what we do, Mike, you know, if we're going into, uh, I, I was just in, uh, over on the East coast, going into a strip that was 3,700 feet long. Oh, buddy. Yeah. And you don't mess around with finding the greaser in a business jet on a 3,700 foot long runway. Hell no, no. You, you put that thing on the ground and you stop it. And if it turns out to be a smooth one, Hey, lady luck was with you that day. But yeah, yeah, totally. You know, Ocean Reef Club, you know, what's that? 4,000 or whatever. Yeah. 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 And you're dropping in below trees. So now you're, yeah. But most standardized approaches, even in that environment, you know, every day is different. Yeah. The airplane's differently loaded. It weighs different. The temperature's different. Maybe it's in Phoenix, it's 117 degrees. Now you got something else working for you because that blacktop's radiating heat up, not wanting you to land. And uh, right. yeah, every landing is different. That is for Yeah. And in general, what he's talking about is uh, if you really want to get a greaser, you may hold the airplane off, you know, and just barely sure. let it touch on a runway. Well, that takes runway. So yep. if you're going into a short strip, you don't have that luxury. You just got to plant it and go. But unfortunately, I don't think those United guys can blame the wind or the runway if they were in Houston with three knots of wind. Right. I, yeah, they yeah, don't. Yeah. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to hear. Um, and, you know, it'll probably never be on a news channel, but in our industry, it'll definitely get around uh, what the real story was there. What happened? Totally. Totally. So then we got another big uh, story uh, yesterday, a Delta flight into Atlanta. Of course, the King of Delta uh, is evacuated after tires blow um, and they catch fire during landing. And it looks like it, it, they, they stopped on the runway and then the, the passengers actually had to use the slide uh, uh, to get everybody off because the landing gear was on fire, excuse me, on fire. And uh, someone got injured coming off the slide. It looks like. Yeah. It looked like yeah, one injury, but they didn't want to comment or something in the story that I read. Uh, yeah. But I don't think it, it, you know, somebody was probably pushing and shoving and, you know, could have been something minor who knows. Um, but yeah, that one, uh, the passengers, that's what I was saying in the beginning, the story I read, one of the passengers did report that it was a hard landing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it, 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 that, so blowing a tire, just to 
you know, the title of the podcast, you know, you know, Delta United can't land, um, yeah. you know, blown tires, you know, that, that thing happens. That's why we have multiple tires on these games. Right. Um, there is some of that taken into account in, in, you know, the engineering of these things. Yeah. But, and it, it is possible also that after the first tire blew, the second tire blew, uh, you know, just cause the added weight, uh, because they did lose more than one on yeah. it looked like the trailing, was it the trailing edge side of the wheels or was it just one side of the trailing wheel? side? Yeah. I don't have the photo on this article, that I'm, but, but one of them did show a close up of the trucks. Yeah. And yeah, those, uh, it looked like those wheel hubs were buried into the blacktop because they were super hot and, and uh, yeah, probably on yep. fire. It, and I'm but, sure you know this, Sean, but there's strict guidelines too on those tires. Like even cases where you have one of the mains goes flat, a lot of times they replace, you have to replace both tires per the maintenance manual because of overstressing the other one. Sure. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, the tire pressures are a big deal. If this one of these tires had a leak and it was soft, um, you know, like the football for the Patriots, um, it could have, uh, it could have popped more easily. Um, a famous, uh, a famous, uh, uh, crash. I know this one well, because I was on the Lear 60 at the time that it happened. I mean, it must've been 15 years ago, but it was, uh, it had Travis Barker and DJ AM and a bunch of celebrities had played a show in Columbia, South oh, Carolina. Yeah. I remember this yeah, at that Columbia Owens downtown airport. And they were departing at like it was a Lear 60 XR, pretty new airplane. And they were departing it like after a show. So 1am or something. Um, and, uh, one later they found out one of the main tires had like, uh, you know, it's supposed to have 160 pounds of air in it and it had like 40. So it had a slow leak and it was really bad. But basically what happened is they accelerated down the runway right before V1, the tire, um, shredded, but when it shredded, it hit the weight on wheel switch on the main truck, and then it damaged that. So the airplane was confused. It didn't know if it was in the air mode or flight mode when it was actually still on the ground. So the pilot aborted, and then when they aborted, they deployed. They tried to deploy the – it was a high-speed abort, obviously. So they tried to deploy the thrust reversers. Well, the airplane thought the it was in the air, so right. it wouldn't allow them to deploy the TRs. So then they go to maximum braking, but they've already blown a tire. So their braking was kind of faulted and they went off the end of the runway and the airplane caught on fire. And I think one of those guys, you know, a couple of people died and, and, and Travis Barker, I think was badly burned on all of that. But, but yeah, the tires uh, are a big deal. Um, there, there's, there's actually some tire shortages going on in the business. You know, it's yeah. getting a little better with COVID, but yeah, I mean, uh, 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 you know, and guidelines on when to replace it, that's all in the maintenance manuals, but you know, these things happen. Yeah. But yeah I had heard, um, I had heard somebody talking about waiting on tires for their little Cessna. They were on back order for like four or five months or something to get a tire right. for a little Cessna. Uh, these aren't normal tires though. Uh, like right. you have on your car that, you know, have a, you know, like one ply of rubber, you know, steel belting. These things have nine, 10, 11 plies layers of, they don't use steel. They use a, it's a nylon, uh, right. belting. 
um, like a nylon kite string type of thing in between each layer of rubber. And then, so as these tires wear, these maintenance guys can, can go out there and they can tell how many layers are missing and, and when to replace them. Right. Yeah. And I don't think you're putting 165 PSI in your uh, car tire. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. But, well, we'll, yeah. so, we'll so I guess the verdict is still out, whether the, the Delta thing in Atlanta was at yesterday, today's August 4th yesterday. Yes. So yeah, it was yesterday, August 3rd. Yeah. So I guess the jury's still out on whether that was caused by a hard landing, but it totally could have been, uh, another one. I, I don't know, Mike, what do you, do you think this has anything to do with, uh, with, with the, the pilot before i ask this question though <laughs> it should be noted that you know it used to be before i mean a guy was was you know in his 40s early 40s late 30s um 10,000 hours yeah of a lot of hard work and long hours and years and years of flying for this podunk company or this charter company freight in the middle of the night working their way up to get to the major airlines. Now we got guys there in their their 20s. And I've heard stories of early 20s already at the majors. Do you think the the pilot shortage has anything to do with things like this, hard landings? Oh, man. Is that too much of a hardball? You know, (laughs) uh, I'm going to dodge that question like a politician and say, regardless it's good for the viewers that you know they're hiring younger people and it's it's the greatest time ever to become a pilot yeah Um, you know there's a lot of things the industry is under a lot of stress right now i mean um we've got uh uh a lot of we've got more people flying than ever before i've i've heard that i i the the airline numbers are up past your accounts uh pre-covid now i mean it's crazy and now you're at the height of summer travel um and i'm sure our viewers know this but it's it's just you you can know by people you know that have been traveling the delays and cancellations and things are astronomical now on the airlines i it to me just based on people i know it's up you know 200 it seems like i don't know what the actual uh uh i don't yeah number is but i was just in newark last newark uh new jersey coming home to cincinnati last night on that last non-stop and newark it was just a madhouse absolutely crazy <laughs> and uh i'm going through security of course the people in front of me have obviously never been on a passenger airliner ever right it's like a family of 11 people every one of them's got a bottle <laughs> of water and a can of coca-cola in their bag they're trying to take through security like come on like <laughs> So, a two liter. <laughs> yeah. So every bag has to be inspected and just, oh my gosh, it was just, a, uh, it was just, oh man. But it was everywhere. And then all the, you're right, all the flights are full. And so I had my worst airline experience last week, I think I've ever had. Uh, and that's a tall order because I do a lot of airlining, but I just took a simple flight from Cincinnati to Boston on a major reputable carrier. And it was nonstop and it was departing at 5.30 p.m. Now it's summer with thunderstorms. Uh, I I get a push message. Hey, we're going to leave at 6.30. No problem. I show up at the airport a little bit early. Uh, They board like 5.40 for a 6.30 departure. I get on. I'm in the seat. Um, um, And uh, 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 we 
we start taxiing out. The captain says, hey, there's thunderstorms over Boston area. We're on a, 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 a they had an edict time, like a ground stop of 30 minutes. He's like, I don't think it'll be that long. So we're going to wait at the end of the runway uh, uh, just so we're ready to go. Uh, well, it was that long, and then they ended another half hour. So we we're on the ground an hour before we departed. We get in the air. It's an hour and a half flight. I'm like, thank God, we're finally, you know, going to make it. We got a tailwind. Hour and a half. Even said that halfway through the flight, and the crew was excellent. They communicated. They said, "Hey, uh, the thunderstorms are moving slower than we thought. We're going to come around the back end of the storms and go over Canada. Unfortunately, that routing is going to take us another half an hour. So two-hour flight. Okay, sure. So they do bring us way up over Maine and then back in." And then we get maybe 20, uh, 20 miles, 30 miles from the airport, very close. I can tell we're in a hold. They come on, hey, we're in a hold. There's one cell. It's moving slow. Uh, don't worry. We have lots of holding fuel. He said we have 45 minutes of holding fuel. So you, you don't have anything to worry about. Um, but it's not going to take 45 minutes, but we have that. Well, 45 minutes goes long. Oh, God. We're throttling up, exiting the hold. I'm like, well, we're either landing or we got another problem. Uh, unfortunately we've, uh, run low on fuel. The weather is not moving. Uh, we're diverting to Albany, New York. So I'm trying to go to Boston. It's three hour drive. We land wow. in Albany. It's a complete war zone. There's jets everywhere. Everybody needs fuel. So I was afraid the crew was going to time out. They, they didn't thank God, but it, it, it ends up, we were on there. We were on the ground. Like we had six or seven planes in front of us for fuel, like uh, three hours on the ground. Uh, the captain was great. He came back in the cabin and was talking to everyone trying to, you know, they offered us to get off, but they had no jetways. They're like, you can get off, but there's no rental cars and there's no hotels. And it's a three and a half hour drive and no Ubers. So no one got off. We just, so, so then finally at about, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning, we end up taking off and going to Boston landing. So it took seven hours and 10 minutes in one seat. Wow. Cincinnati of Boston. Yeah, wow. it was brutal. But at least we made it, you know, yeah. and, uh, but what what's commonly occurring, a common theme is these airlines are so short pilots and flight attendants that uh, you get in a scenario like that where there's a long delay and then the crew doesn't have any duty time left and then everybody's screwed, right. you know, and families are I'm hearing are getting stuck all over the place. And it's a nightmare. Right. You know? Yeah. The shortage of uh, pilots and crew. Absolutely. But it's not. Just, I mean, you, some of these bigger you also run into things where just employees in general are scarce, you know. And you'll come into land and there isn't rampers because they had an issue with this airplane over there. So you're sitting yes. there for 30, 40 minutes on the airplane waiting on some wing walkers. And, you know, you can't just have one guy guide the airplane. You need wing walkers on each wing. You need somebody to run the 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 jetway. You got to have the marshaller. You got to have, you know, it's a whole team of people to pull one of these airplanes into the ramp. Right. And, or, and then sometimes into the gate, sometimes you'll pull in the gate. This has happened to me. You pull in the gate, you got all the wing walkers and the ground pounder guys, but the only person that can run the jetway just had to run home for a family emergency. And they're trying to find the airport manager. Who's also signed off on driving the jetway. You know I mean? I've had that right. in some of these smaller markets that would never happen in like in Atlanta, Georgia or something, but I'm talking out, you know, in a, middle of nowhere in Iowa or something. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the industry is stressed, you know, there's no pilots, there's no mechanics, there's no flight attendants, there's no parts, there's no ground crew, you know, everybody's short. Uh, but that, that's kind of the whole point of our podcast and yep. uh, is making people aware of that and our program to help people 
get, uh, get involved in aviation quicker. So, you know, I mean, you know, even though this is an unfortunate story of some blown tires and things, but it's good news for, and I guess somebody did get hurt. So sorry about that, but, um, it is yeah. good news for aspiring pilots, you know, that, that, uh, uh, there's a lot of jobs out there because it wasn't yes. like that when me and you started <laughs> exact opposite. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like if you're even thinking about this, like you should, if you're not taking action, uh, you know, you need to go see a doctor so they can examine your head. I mean, this is like <laughs> the exact opposite world that Mike and I had to go through to get to where we are. And, uh, you know, you're never, you just sit around thinking you're going to feel like doing it someday. You know, it doesn't work like that. Take yep. action and then you will feel like doing the rest of it. That's right. That's right. And we've uh, got a lot of great things coming with the channel. Stay tuned. We got a lot of good interviews coming up. Uh, the next one, I think you'll really like, but, uh, until yeah, we see totally. everyone again, uh, uh, we encourage you to get involved in flying and, uh, everybody have a great, uh, great week. <laughs>